Let me uh, have a word of prayer. Uh, Come Holy Spirit and bear witness to your word written in these scriptures that our hearts may be turned to you and that our lives may reflect your glory that you have so freely given to us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Last week, just as a way to introduce this theme that I felt the Lord had um, lately laid on my heart, we're going to be in in Hebrews chapter 9. I was driving to Jacksonville last week, and and so I did a book on tape, and it was a book I'd read a bunch before, and so I wanted to listen to it because I I thought there might be some themes in it that I could pick up from today, and I heard something that I'd never heard before in reading it a number of times. And so let me kind of give you the scene here. It's um, this group of people were, were drawn, um, and it's a fantasy book, drawn in through this kind of portal. Um, and they were drawn into um, the place where earth was created, and it was just beginning to be created. And they heard this deep voice being sung. And as that voice was singing, um, creation began to appear. Um, And in this appearing, the stars kind of came up, and then they joined in this melody. And and the melody that they joined in was with the deep voice, and there was unity there. It was beautiful. Well, of these people that were drawn in, a couple of them just had a real hard time hearing that. They didn't hear the beauty of it, but a few of them did. And here was the response of one of those that saw it and heard it, and their lives were stirred by it. And this is what... He said, he said, glory be, I'd have been a better man if I'd have known there were things like this. Wow. I'd have been a better man had I known there were things like this. So in our text today, if you've got a Bible or I bet you have a phone, um, you could open up to the ninth chapter of Hebrews. And I just want to summarize this little section we read verses 24 through the end of the chapter by saying this our sin nature has been dealt with once for all forever amen and here's another way to say this in the revelation passes who are those clothed in white robes and i believe they're the ones who believe that our sin nature has been dealt with once for all forever. Amen? So um, this is what I heard for the first time about this. Had we known this? Had Ellen known this from the very beginning? And I did tell um, Stedman and, and Mary Grace this, that there will never be a day in this child's life where she won't at least know the name of Jesus. And our heart for her is that she will know Jesus, not just the name of Jesus. Um, And our hope is that she will say, glory be, um, I'm going to live a better life because I know this. Amen? That's really all I got to say. I I could stop right there, but I'm not. I'm going to unpack a little bit more of it. So um, as I looked at this text, I got got really drawn by um, verse 26. And it says this. For then he, Jesus, um, had he had to go into the holy place more than once, would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. That's just, wait a minute. He would have had to suffer since the foundation of the world. And then it goes on and says, but as it is, he, Jesus, has appeared once for all 
at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So these, these two things just kind of got in my mind this, um, this since the foundation of the world um, and then the end of the ages. And how many times have we said that, you know, we were saved 2,000 years ago um, on the cross? Yes. But it seems to me that we were saved since the foundations of the world. That this, this plan that God had um, was set in place when creation was formed. Glory be. I'd have been a better man if I'd known this. The end of the ages, all time, eternal, if you will, the word um, end of the age, the word ages here is aeon. It's where they get the word eternity from. It signifies eternity, whether past or to come and, yes, present, all time. You guys were parents since the beginning of the foundations of the earth. Amen? Grandparents and great-grandparents, sisters and aunts and uncles. And since the beginning, can we, can we grasp the significance of this? Can we, can we order our lives around this reality um, as Jesus has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by his sacrifice? Put away, uh, the NAS translation, which I tend to go to, I have this, um, I have this Zodiacus Greek-Hebrew Bible because um, I'm not a scholar, so I can go there and follow the footnotes and hear what the Greek-Hebrew Greek, word is. And it's an NAS translation. And it says, rather than put away, it says beat. He has beat sin forever. I like that. Phrase one. They beat. You know, for you sports fans there. Um, the final whistle, guys, has been blown. When, when Christ conquered death, the final whistle was blown. Salvation won. Sin lost. Glory be. I'd have been a better man had I known this. You know, um, if this is the case, if this is true, and our faith says what? It's true. Then sin that was put away encapsulates all sins. All sins. Um, it, salvation works both directions in our lives. You know, whether you embrace this and say glory be like this character really was old, all the way back to the beginning, or whether you're a new child that one day will say, yes, I want to claim this faith that was professed for me by my parents. I'm going to claim it as my own. It works in both directions. It's a done deal. Never to be repeated again by Christ. Um, he's, unless you what? Suffer over and over. Um, so where are we in this mess? Where, where are we in this? Um, we still struggle, do we not, with this bent nature? Is another way to say this sin nature we have. Yes, it's hard to believe it, but she will struggle with that sin nature. This weird, it's weird, isn't it, this bent nature? Because um, our heart wants to rise up and love the Lord, but sometimes we don't. Um, sometimes it gives us this entitlement. Here's a real kind of a shallow example. We're driving down 98, and the light turns red. And we think, I want a green light. Like we are entitled to have green lights all the way down 98. What, what is this? Um, to go a little bit deeper, um, this bent nature, 
um, has us posture in pride when, when someone would dare challenge us when we know we're right. Husbands, wives, does that ever happen? In the same way, this bent nature closes our eyes to suffering, does it not? Closes our eyes to being a part of a community because we think, well, you know, that community just doesn't quite get us. So rather than diving into the community and loving one another and our differences and working it out, that bent nature just says, I'll just stay away. Or the bent nature that lays aside the beauty and and gift of scriptures because one text just doesn't quite make sense and it doesn't seem right, and so we just discard scripture. The last verse read today said this, so Christ, this is um, verse 28, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Isn't that amazing? Sin's been dealt with. So when he comes again, whatever it looks like, I know we kind of get linear here, but is that not something he's already done? But we just hadn't seen it yet. It's, it's a mystery. But when he comes, it's, it's not to, be, to deal with sin. It's to simply say salvation. It's here. Wholeness. It's offered. Oh, my. This is so amazing for me. You know, so the way I made sense of this was just to keep reading in Hebrews. And I think you all know this. You know, there were not chapters. This was a letter meant to be read thoroughly. And so I just kind of kept reading, not, not to get to a point where I could find the point I wanted to make, but just to kind of hear what the writer was saying. And, and I got down to the next chapter in, in verse 12 and listened to this. But when Christ is offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. I want to talk about those enemies here in a second. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Those who have Embrace Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, being sanctified and beginning to make light of what God God is doing and say, yes, this is right. Glory be, I'm going to live a better life. Um, The Holy Spirit bears witness to us after that saying. So as I begin to kind of try to wrap this around, I want to put it in the context. and, And I want to do this for one reason, specifically, Baptism is a, is a debatable thing about how you do it. And what I want to suggest to you today, those of you who might come from a different tradition especially, is baptism is this whole thing we're about to do. It isn't just the water. It's not the immersion or the sprinkling or whatever. It's the whole thing. It's what Mark opened with. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. It's what we said at the beginning. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be His kingdom when, now, and forever. That is all it's about. It's the whole thing. And so what I want you to do is to grab your programs. I want you to open up to it. And I want to suggest to you that um, these things that we are against, these enemies that Christ has put under His feet... 
Um, not all of them, but most of them are contained in the three questions I'm going to ask the parents and the godparents that they should renounce. And it's on page four. We're going to renounce three things. And these are the three things that throughout the church we've acknowledged try to draw us away from believing that what Christ did for us once for all is for us. So we renounce. The first thing we renounce is Satan, all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God. What does Paul say? It's not against flesh and blood that we contend, but against what? Principalities and powers. Um, we renounce those things. Um, do you realize that what Satan, Satan's enemy is not Christ? Christ has already won that victory. What Satan is trying to do is to tell the Holy Spirit or convince you that what the Holy Spirit has to say to you is not true. It's the Holy Spirit's work to bear witness to who Christ is and what he's done for you. Um, Satan's trying to convince you that's not true. He's lost the battle to Christ. That victory was won. And so we're renouncing that. We're renouncing those voices that speak to us, which tell us that you're not worthy of Christ's death and resurrection. And then the second thing, the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. That's not the beauty of this world. Those are those evil powers which have us corrupt, that are corruptible, that are trying to corrupt us. You know what they are. Do I have to name them all? Um, and then the third one, that sinful desire that draws us from the love of God. Um, we renounce those things. And there's an antidote. Do you turn to Jesus Christ? I do. Um, accept him as your savior. Do you put your whole trust, not in your works, but in his grace and love? Guys, that's baptism. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? Follow, obey, pray that that will be her choice. And then will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person in their life in Christ? And you'll say we will. That's your responsibility. That's community. We're called into community. Baptism is not a soul salvation issue. It's a community thing. Amen? So let me finish with this. The battle we fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against these things that try to draw us away from God. So in Revelation 7, it says, Who are those who are clothed in white robes and from where have they come? And my word is, you know, don't you? Sir, you know. There are those who say, yes, Lord, what you did is for me. Um, in the words of Revelation, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb who sits upon the throne. Amen? All right. One more thing I'm going to do. Back up to page three and look at the refrain to the psalm. The psalm that we sang. And let's say this together. Picture this, guys. What did, what did the end of that say of our reading today? Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting him. Perhaps this will be the song that we'll sing together. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up your voice and sing. Come like a child, O Zion. Dance here before your king. In you the Lord takes pleasure, crowns you with saving grace. Sing to the Lord a new song. Come with the loudest praise. Amen.